Alright, we are back to our regular microphone. I'm warning you that it's probably going to be a little louder than the last time, so I'm talking quietly. We're going to start talking with our normal voices now. What are you doing? I don't want a lot of people complain about getting their eardrums blown out by parts of our podcast. They act like we're loud. (laughs) (laughs) We're. We're loud. Yeah, we are loud. (laughs) (laughs) It sounded like you were pointing fingers there, Dan. No, I'm not. Um, You be you. Let me deal with the, the, the BS around the sound. All right, fine. Which is what I was trying to do there. You worry so much about it. I appreciate all the effort, though. Thanks. This is While I Talk, I'm Dan. I'm Will. It's August. It is August. It's I a- like August. I do, too. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, but it's like, by the end of the month, we'll be like, yes, it was a great month of fishing. For sure. No, it's so far, it's not been bad. No, we I had, And so far, our summer's been great, so, I mean... We can't complain about any of it. I mean, we can, but... Yes. We won't. We won't. We shan't. We'll tell you about the week we had. Then we'll also answer a pretty good listener question that I hope is going to provoke us into lots of random fishing conversations. Uh, We've also got a summer review, like how, how everything's been for us as a whole. We've got a Groundhog Day. We've got a preview into what's coming up this week. And then we're going to go get out of here. Yeah, sounds perfect. It's wonderful right now. We're sitting outside. There's like a seven mile an hour south wind. It's cloudy and smoky. And 80. And 80 degrees and super comfortable. Most comfortable 80 degrees, 80 degrees has ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Having fun in the sun on the lake all day long. Florida. Local Porta Doc dealer today. Porta-doc.com. Here we go. Okay. How, how was your week? Uh, we had a birthday party for my little girl. Mm-hmm. And she's just the cutest little thing on earth. We had this smash cake for her. And she couldn't, like, she kept hitting it, but she couldn't smash it. <laughs> so her solution was to just bring the cake to her face, the mm-hmm. whole thing, and just mow on it that way, which was super impressive. She figured that out. Yep, and I she, agree. She loved it. She was a mess. It was I, cute as hell. I have to admit that I was watching this happen, and there were just like a grandma, two grandmas, and a couple moms like right in there watching it, videotaping it, of course, right? Mm-hmm. And that cake was about three inches f- too far away, and the, these ladies were not a, not aware of it or something, and thank goodness... Papa Noor, you stepped in. Yeah. Like, we got to get that cake a little closer to this kid. I know. And then then she was doing a good job smashing into it. Hardcore, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. Yep. I enjoyed it because I got to spend some time with the Noor family that has a long history of fishing this region. Uh, your mother your mother was, <laughs> she didn't mean it in like a cocky way, but she was like, my boy over there, he caught more walleyes before he could barely walk than most people catch in their whole life. <laughs> <laughs> that I sounds about right. I don't doubt it. <laughs> and she's like, I don't, I'm not bragging. It's just the truth. They're out in the boat. They were catching fish right away. <laughs> Got to start him young. Yep. Get it. It's in the blood. It's in the blood. How was your fishing week? Oh, it was, uh, you know, I, I had some time off. 
Um, but I did end up fishing a little bit with my wife, and that sucked. But, you know, that's what happens when you fish at noon with a kid. Uh, I think we caught four largemouth bass. Nice. Yeah, but, it, you know, we had an hour, so we, we went and did it. So. Yep. And then uh, I took uh, Chris's cousin out. He's 12, and he had just a blast. He caught a walleye and a big smallmouth and some crappies, and that was good. Had enough for a fish fry. And then uh, what the heck else did I do? What did I do on Friday? I think I might have fished bluegills or something. It's been good, though. I, I didn't get a ton of time to catch walleyes, but... Overall, fishing has been good. Crappie fishing remains good, remains strong. That's what I did. I went and fished crappies. And it, yeah, fishing is still good. So how about you, Dan? How was your week? Um, pretty good. I think we recorded right after I fished with Parker last last week's episode. Um, and a couple of our local, like, tried and true walleye lakes this time of year are doing pretty good. I can go out go out there and get to target them all morning or all evening and do relatively well Uh, mostly jig wrapping and rigging chubs caught a fish or two rigging a crawler Um, some of our more popular like business lakes in the area where I've been like you know people want to fish the lake there's they're staying on Um, just I, I don't I'm not over a lot of walleyes and I'm giving them a little bit in the morning trying a spot or two but knowing what people's motivation is leads us to fish catching by you know 9 30 at the latest usually yeah. and um that's good great great outcomes for people are happy they're they get a good fish fry they're catching a lot of fish they're catching like i i had one trip out on a local lake that i was bumming about it because i was i was hoping to catch like three or four walleyes right away and it didn't happen we caught one um and then we did we switched gears like sort of waved the white flag and uh, caught a like a 34 inch pike, which is a pretty nice pike, <laughs> and then caught two 15, 15 inch crappies, pretty pretty nice crappies, like personal best for the two people in the boat, and then caught like another 32 inch northern, and it, I was still like the walleyes were still in my head like God we should have two couple <laughs> more bites, and the it was the customer who was like. Yeah, we had a pretty good morning, huh? A couple, a couple thirty plus inch northerns and two fifteen inch crappies. Yeah. You just can't complain about that. Absolutely, those not. are are high caliber fish for sure. Um, but I got a morning tomorrow uh, to just chase chase them down the whole morning. That's the plan right now, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. I think we've got real fishy weather. It it lately it's felt like on the lake I've been talking about. I'm just not over a lot of them and don't know where a lot of them are. So I can't even blame the walleyes. I think I could probably catch them okay right away in the morning if I could find a bunch of them. But right now I haven't been able to. So tomorrow I'm going to find a bunch of them. Are you? Uh-huh. And I think they're going to bite. That's that's the goal. Yeah. I love it. That's how I feel. And um, I'm right like 20% of the time. So 60% of the time you're right every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Leech Lake, you, have you heard anything about Leech Lake walleye fishing? I haven't been up there fishing walleyes in a week. Or I had a, I had those three days last week I was up there and I had two out of three were good days. The one other day was pretty bad. Um, talked to big Steve on the West side. He, uh, he was struggling yesterday, but you know, it's all day by day, you know, Mm-hmm. 
I wouldn't get too bent out of shape about one bad morning or one bad afternoon. Just keep after it and sure. try to build off it. Yep. I think that's a good thing to keep in mind. Like, if you're here the last week in September or mid-September and you have, like, two bad mornings, then I think you can maybe feel kind of crummy about what you've got going personally. But if you have, this time of year, a couple rough ones in a row, it might not be you. You know, you're, you're fighting against a lot of <laughs> right. a lot of things. There's more available food this time of year than, well, other than the bugs. But there's a ton of available food out there. You look at all the little perch minnows swimming around, they've got a buffet down there. Yeah. Don't the, get too don't get too upset about it. The crankbait guys on the east side are just starting to catch a few fish, you know, and it seems to be. We heard from Jim Schultz that it's mostly like a low light thing for him right now. He's getting a fair amount of bites, you know, right at dark or after dark. Yep. Um, and the morning has been slower. It's still kind of hard to be out there at sun up, you know. <laughs> for sure. It won't be that way in. A week or two would be easy, quite a bit easier to right. be out there, really. We're yeah. losing, like, four minutes a day or something like mm-hmm. that, so. Yep. Anyway, overall, good week. Yeah. Um, should we do a listener question right away? Yeah. All right. This is from a guy I fished with. His name's Eric McQuarrie. Um, and I'm going to just try to boil his question down. He, he started his question off with, I get why a lot of people burn the edges of weeds during the summer um, with things like spinners or pulling cranks. So he's basically wondering, when do you choose to do that stuff, and when do you choose to try to do more focused stuff like jig wraps, bobbers, or rig- rigging is a pretty focused, For sure. focused approach, especially this time of year. Um, in the fall, you can rig like whole brake lines, right? And then it's not so focused. You know, you're going 0.5 to 0.7 maybe with, with bigger minnows that are staying alive a little bit better. And But right now, it's if I'm rigging, it's pretty pretty focused right there's a school of 10 fish here i want to stay over these 10 fish right and i i felt like it was was a great question i think we've addressed it before but it's worth revisiting for sure so in cooler months we'll pitch little jigs especially in june we'll pitch little jigs and night crawlers um because it seems like that slower presentation is more appealing to a walleye once we get to these warmer months like it is now we will pull spinners on them until we can find a big concentration. But a lot of times there's just not huge concentrations on these weed beds, on these brake lines. You're dealing with scattered fish that are, you know, 30, 40 yards apart. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to get it in front of as many of them as possible. Because eventually one of them will bite. Very rarely will all of them bite right now. Right. But that's the idea. Yeah. There's also this time of year, you know, spring and the fall, you can not always count on. But I feel a lot better about not knowing what the 60 yards next to me looks like, but also feeling pretty good about there being some walleyes in the next 60 yards that we're going to drift over or pull over. Yep. And um, right now there might not be another walleye for another for the rest of the break line. Right. So um, if you're going to do it at 0.3 to 0.5 miles an hour doing something slow, that is a huge waste of time. And and so I feel like if I'm doing something concentrated, it's because I, I like, have seen, seen fish on my graph and, like, know for sure that 
it's not like there are fish on this break line. It's like, no, there are fish on a spot the size of my home right, right. now. And we're going to spend the whole time fishing this spot on the, you know, in an area the size of my home. We're in the spring and the fall, big break line. You like maybe you still drive and look for fish, but like, okay, there are fish setting up on this break line because it's, it's a wind driven spot. I like, I'll, I'll do one quick scan. There's some fish here and then we'll pull the break. Right. And you'll pull the break at point seven. And sometimes there'll be little windows of time where there aren't fish, fish on the screen, but I'm always thinking like just in a few more seconds, I'm going to see a couple more. Right. You know? And we've been, the, the spot we've been fishing on Leech, one interesting part about that that spot is that uh, we can't see them up there. We can't see them where we're catching them. Right. And so, but they, we know for sure they are there. And we actually had some time with, with Parker to, like, establish this, right? Like, it was an idea. Well, and you'd fished it before that. Um, we knew there were fish in there. Um but if your graph can't tell you they're in there, then you have to do something fast. Otherwise, right. you could be casting jigs at empty, empty water. Yep. So. And the only way you're going to get better at, the, especially the shallow stuff, the thick stuff, is by getting in there and try to, try to learn. Like, I have a ton of waypoints on my graph because, you know, I'm, it's symbolizing, okay, these are weed tops, this is weed edges, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm getting in there and I'm learning Every time I'm trying to figure out something, some little detail that gets me closer to being able to crush in there every time. Because mm-hmm. right now where I'm at, I'm not crushing every time. Mm-hmm. But I've had some really good days up there. Right. Um, but it's just, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. So. And we've talked a bit in years past about how some spots are just like mediocre or like middle of the road spots. Like maybe it might pan out to be that way that you just never know. Yep. You know, you might get a couple up there, you might fill out up there, and it's going to be hard to figure out a rhyme or reason to to the spot. You know, conditions are definitely going to help, regardless if you know what you're doing or not. If you got a fishy day, you're going to catch more than if, if, if it's... 90 and sunny and yeah, calm. Yep. But I think you should still always be, like, seeking out, trying to figure out the, the little things around one particular spot. That's not a, even that relatable to anything else we do. The one we're talking about is like pretty, that's like on an island on its own. Yep. It's a destination. Mm-hmm. You have to want to get there and you're going to spend most of the day there if you go there. Yep. And I don't think you could take that and apply it to like Woman Lake or Boy Lake or another part of Leech. Right. Like that thing is its own thing. Yep. It's like its own 500 acre lake you're trying to figure out. Um, and maybe you can, maybe you can. It definitely feels better. To feel like you can, you know, that's how I feel at least. You're much better about being like, oh, this this is working pretty good. Yeah. We're just going to keep doing what's kind of working pretty good. And eventually it's the Bob Landerville approach. Yeah. You can catch one adrift, you know, or you can go look for greener pastures. Mm -hmm. A lot of times that one adrift will fill your box up and going looking for greener pastures doesn't. Might not. Yep. Dealing with 117,000 acres. It's tough. You know there's some fish around those few acres. Yes, with certainty. I'm pretty excited about this. What I think is going to happen is, um, like, these these weeds we found that um, you've been fishing, we found them in July. Mm -hmm. Or not found them. Started fishing them in July. Yep. And had 
some nice days in July up there. Especially for July. For July. So I think that this is going to pay off either in the last week in June or the last week in August, first week in September, where yep. things are not quite going on our typical fall spots, and we're still kind of we can end up dreading our uh, Leech Lake trips, you know. For sure. And that I I would bet that that one will bail us out. Mm-hmm. I hope you're right. And I think it could be like gangbusters good. Well, I like your confidence. I think you could you could be onto something. I hope it I hope it's true. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna keep trying. All right, take a break. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by the Muskie Owls Marine in Longville. The Muskie Owls Marine is a great tool for us in the Longville area. Not only do they have a terrific service shop, but they've got plenty of your marine needs. If you need batteries, they got batteries. If you need cleaning supplies, they got cleaning supplies. They even got life jackets. So anything you could possibly need for your boat, stop on into the Muskie House Marine today. Summer is unofficially two-thirds of the way over. We've made it through June. We've made it through July. We've got this last month of August. And it's unofficially fall. I like meteorological summer. I think they just do it based on, like, the three warmest months of the year. That's what we're doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of going by length of day? Well, yeah. Like... June 21st, you're going to say summer starts on June 21st? you out of your mind. Corn's almost knee high. Right. <laughs> so we're going to just talk about how our summer has been for June, July, August? June, July, and four days of August. Okay. Um, my June was, it was okay. I didn't have a banger June. Um, the first part of June was really good. Um, but then it got extremely hot. And it got extremely calm and extremely stagnant. Um, and I struggled after that point. Um, you know, that from like the June 10th to the 18th or 20th or whatever it was, I had a tough time. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you grind for the seven bites you got. And I don't know, that, that, was, that was the real disappointing part because it was before the bugs had even started hatching, I was struggling. Um, but then once we... Once we got past that point, I, I fished, you know, some of these smaller lakes around here. And these smaller lakes were banging. I had some of the best days on the little lakes that I've had ever, mm-hmm. as far as big fish goes, as far as numbers go. Um, so that really made up for having a pretty tough time on leech. Yeah. Um, I think that's important to highlight because it's just making me reflect on last year that time. And, like, we had some bites that we thought were going to just be true from year to year through this time. Our shallow fish? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, like, I think most guides would agree that, like, we expect to like have to work real hard for chunks of the year. And any time. Like, we're prepared every day to work real hard. But we're also expecting that every once in a while we're going to, and especially that time of year, things are going to sort of just take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we're not going to, like, do the job, but it's, like, this is the time we get to just, like, relax a little bit and enjoy watching people have a great time on a real good bite. 
and put it on cruise control. Yep. And we're just making the same drift for yep. four hours. Yep. And we, I think we did have less of that at the beginning of June than we're used to having. Yep. And it might just be the shake of the year, you know, like that 90-degree week. And that was like June 6th through 10th or something that it was super hot like that. Yep. Like those are days that are, if you were going to bet on one, we're like, things are going to take care of themselves. I'll just do my job and people are going to have a great time. We're hard days. Right. June 6th through 10th were hard. Um, and typically those are good days. Those mm-hmm. are really good days. Yep. And it's also like you know that you can, you just, if you work real hard, you can still, the, the, the box at the end of the day can look good and you can have a couple good picture fish, but it's not going to be by putting it on autopilot and drifting the same thing over and over again. Right. Going to get a couple and then move. So I think I would agree with your feeling about the early part of the summer. But it might just be that, like, one week of 90 that we're not supposed to get that time of year. Right. Next year, hopefully, we won't get it. And if it's a week of 55 and rainy, then it will then it will all take care of itself. That sounds pretty great, doesn't it? It does sound pretty great. Yep. So continue on, man. Well, late, late June also, I would say generally at the end of the day, I could, like, look at what we did and be, like, through most of, of early June, like, yeah, this was good. It just didn't feel that relax mm-hmm. <laughs> you know uh and then the last week in june was notice noticeably tough for for me i remember having like a couple that i'll probably think about on in leech january or? on leech yeah yeah i i agree that the little lakes were going good but like i also tried to do as much work on leech as i can that time of year for a variety of reasons like you're banking on a trip that people could remember for the next decade yep and then also trying to leave our little ones alone as much as we can until we like need them right and we need them when people live on the lake are staying on the lake and then we need them in july and august um but when you can take some fishing pressure off of those ones and put it up on leech that's good for everybody good for everybody yep um but yeah that last week in june was tough and yeah i don't know what to do what to do different. I think it was tough for just about everybody. Um, well, I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but what we had going was hard on June. It was good for our people. Yeah. It was tough for our people. Yep. Um, but maybe what we found this summer, maybe that'll translate to our solution for next summer. Yeah. I certainly think that's a possibility. I would have loved, I remember a day, one of my worst trips up there was like June 26th. Guy listens to the podcast. Can't remember where he's from. I think he's from Illinois. His name's Zach. And he's, it's a busted Canada trip that he's fished with me the last two years. And uh, I was out there early because I was real nervous about I like didn't, I was like, this is, this one's going to get me. It was pretty calm and tough conditions and didn't have a lot of like, a lot of stuff going. And had looked, looked around a bunch and had thought about going where we've been catching fish and before the trip and just taking a look and chose not to do it. And like that could have, that could have changed the whole week. Very well could have changed the whole week. Could have changed the entire summer. Yep. Um, but that it is what it is. Yeah. Now we know maybe it's worth a gamble going up there. Yep. On the other side of the coin though, like the, the next, the week after the fourth was better than it's been for me than it in, in years past. Um, both for fish catching and for walleye fishing on 
And that's like when the big shift happens to our to our smaller lakes. And that's what I was was doing. Yeah. Anything else? Are you going to talk anymore? Would you like me to? Sure. We're into July now. My July started out... Oh, dude, July... I have the best July I ever had. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought you'd be more excited. Oh, yeah, dude, it was great. By July standards, you knocked it out of the park. It was lots of walleyes, lots of panfish, lots of bites, Mm -hmm. which is not common for especially high-quality bites for me in July. So I was very happy and you know most of my fish came I, I can't remember the last fish i caught in over 18 feet of water everything has been shallow 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 and it's been a lot of fun um fishing in the slop fishing for bites it's and it's been good it's been paying off yeah so for me that it doesn't get any better than that yeah and you've been pulling spinners a lot Lots of spinners. Yep. We are sponsored by a, a company that makes spinners. We'll talk about them in just a second, but I feel like the partnership made a big difference for us. Like, I'm not I'm not BSing here. Like, having confidence in a, in, a, in a spinner and then making, like, trying to make it work more often has led to us both having better midsummers. For sure. There's, there's without just no question. way around without it. Without question. Mm-hmm. I, I catch maybe half of those walleyes I caught in July without those spinners. Right. And part of it is just, like, having confidence in something, right? Like, there's a whole slew of this, or sea of these products out on the market, and you don't want to, like, have to guess about whether or not your color pattern is working back there because there's so many other variables when you are doing that. Yeah, blade size, blade um, shape. Right, and pulling them, especially on weed edges and stuff, like, that's enough work to make you feel like, is this bait looking good? Mm-hmm. And then to have to also worry about, like, do they really want the color spinning back there? That's, like, that was, like, too much. So to feel good about what was pulling back behind the boat, then you worry about the little details about the presentation. Made a big difference through the last last part of June and most of July. It worked out pretty darn good for us that, like, the best spinner company, the best spinner maker out there just, like, happened to put these in our lap. Yep. It worked out pretty darn sweet. Yeah. And I talked to the guy. I, I don't talk to him. We send messages back and forth. And he is a fishing nut, dude. He stays up late thinking about how to catch walleyes better. <laughs> like we do. He, it's a Cut problem. from the same cloth. Mm-hmm, cursed by sure. our love of the water. Yep. We were talking about which spinners get bit, how they get bit. He was talking about the ones that get T-boned, the ones that, like, you have to nurse. Like, this guy... Knows his spinners, and he just happens to make some real nice ones, too. So that was a big part of July. And then the last, last part of July was had been great. Really good. Yep. We're, we're dealing with still some hot water and hot temps, and I don't know if that's going to change for a while. I hope it's not a theme, because we're, like, wanting... I'm certainly wanting the slide towards fall. I don't want it to be fall. I want it to be late summer. Yeah. And it's still feeling like... Pretty mid-summer. I'm sick of having sweat droplets go down my butt crack. <laughs> I'd really like to be done with that. I understand that. I get it. It's like the worst drop of all the drops. <laughs> That's the grossest. It is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry that that's happened to you so much. Yeah. It just happens when you're a big sweaty monster. <laughs> all right. We, uh, let's end it there. We're pretty much to where we are now. I love it. All right. One more break. 
This episode of Walleye Talk is brought to you by Secret Lake Tackle. We did just probably spend the last minute and a half doing an ad for Secret Lake Tackle, but it's not time to put them away yet. Will and I are planning on fishing the Cast Lake MWC in mid-September, and that's when SLT actually made its way into our normal lineup. We were catching quite a few fish in deep water pulling Secret Lake Tackle spinners. They've got a couple different blade sizes, so if you are fishing deeper water, consider going up a blade size. Going to throw out a little bit bigger thump and uh, maybe get those deeper fish to bite. Check them out at the One Stop or Full Stringer or at secretlaketackle.com. It's Groundhog Day time. Yep. And I got kind of a goofy one. Okay. Okay, so you have to catch your limit of walleyes, whether that be four or six. But you have broken equipment. You've got a reel that won't wind. And you've got 40 feet of line. <laughs> and you've got to figure out how to catch six walleyes on 40 feet of line with a reel that won't crank. <laughs> so I have a fishing rod. Yeah. And a, and a reel that'll just hold line. But it won't come in. And you can't get any more out. I got 40 feet of line. You got 40 feet. What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? <laughs> what? There's a hornet in there. All right. But it, it flew out. It flew out. Thanks. Oh, all right. 40 feet. Isn't that a tough one? Yep. Oh, it's pretty tough. Uh-huh. All right. I'll talk, why, talk through why I was thinking that. Rig and chubs is what I was thinking because you can get them to choke on them, right? And then you could hand line them no problem. That still might be the right answer. Because so what made me ner- worried about that is I don't have much line to drop, mm-hmm. right? And I gotta have what do you think? Maybe like twenty two, twenty three feet of line out. To I that's it. It's rigging chubs. Okay, I'm gonna rig chubs mm-hmm. on not Leech Lake on a small Longville Lake. And I'm gonna do the trick that I learned from the real angry minnow guy. Where you don't hook the chub like through the nose. Did I talk about this last you, episode? You may not have. You mentioned it to me, but you may not have mentioned right. it to our listeners. So lately, I've been hooking my red tails and creakies through like the corner of the mouth. Uh, yeah, is there a the better cheek, description? The cheek meat. Yep, the cheek meat. So you'll like the hook is coming out sideways, not straight up towards, not straight up through their snout. It's coming out sideways. And uh, this angry minnow guy told me that. Uh, you don't have to drop line as long with that because uh, they'll turn those turn those minnows and then that hook is going to stick into like the side of their mouth. And I since I've been doing it, I I don't know that I've missed I missed one fish uh, since I since I did that. So I'm going to hook them through the cheek meat, and I'm going to rig chubs, feed them 20 feet of line, and then I'm I'm going to have to what I think I'll do is I'll get bit. I'll open the bale, and then I'll just. Uh, get the which the vantage going faster i'll get it going like a mile and a half away from the fish and just wait until that uh till the the rod loads up get a good sweeping hook set and then hopefully they'll have it choked and i'll grab the line and hand line them so you just you're not going to use the rod at all you're not going to fly gonna... you're not going to fly line it no is that what you were thinking that's probably what i would have done no what i'm no I, you're going to end up breaking off no. Yeah, you are. Mm-mm. 
No. No, I'm not going to break off. You can still, you just have to do the drag with your hands. Right? You got to, like, feed line with your hands. You got to have dragon hands. Dragon hands. Yeah, I understand now. So I'm going to use the rod for the hook set. What did you mean by fly line it? So, like, where you've got your rod hand up Mm. a little higher? Feed line through. Yeah, going (laughs) through the guide so you have that rod bend. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the better idea. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why you were looking at me like I was all crazy. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do what Will said. I've never done that. Have you done that? Uh Uh-uh. But I know I've had some terrible experiences trying to hand line. (laughs) Terrible. Yeah. I don't think it takes me that long, though. It it would only depend on, like, how the bite is. And the, the hooking, bite would... The hooking percentage. No, no. If they're biting good, it's day one. You think so? Mm-hmm. Because I'll miss a couple doing, like, I assume we, in my Groundhog Day, we wouldn't get to have this conversation, so I'd be hand, hand-lining it, and they'd, you know, I'd break, break off a couple. <laughs> but then I'd figure out the fly line and plan, and then it would work just fine. <laughs> and it was good enough to get ten bites. Yeah. Yep. Miss the first three, catch the next seven. No, miss the first two, catch the next four, miss one, big one breaks me off. Maybe 38. Now you're down to 32 feet of line. Oh, gosh. Still going to (laughs) work. With the new hooking uh, strategy? Yep. It's going to work. I like it. I'd try it, though. If I hadn't mentioned it, try hooking them through the cheek. I've actually been wondering about, like, the lake I'm going to fish tomorrow. Maybe I don't even need the drop line, right? Because there's lots of nice ones out there. Right. If you get a good thump. It maybe, depends maybe if it's a 14-incher sort of, or 24-incher. Maybe just let them, like, tug a little bit, you know, feed them the rod tip and then set the hook. Don't have to worry about gutting a 28-incher. It's hard to get yourself to do that. Yeah, for sure. But I liked it. Good creative one. Thank you. Because, like, this is, we won't do this next season. Right. I feel like it's been good. It's been fun. But it's hard to come up with, with new ones that aren't. Monotonous. Yeah. You're better at it than I am. Thanks for that. Oh, thank you, Dan. Let's take one more break, and we'll do a week in preview and get out of here. Yep. Walleye Talk has been brought to you by Woman Lake Lodge for the last couple seasons. We brought it up last year, but you should be thinking about October fishing and hunting trips. Woman Lake Lodge is a great destination for you if you're looking to do a combination walleye, grouse trip, stuff like that. They've got some heated cabins. Comfortable places to stay as the weather cools off. Woman Lake is a great lake in October, and there's lots of public land pretty darn close to Woman Lake Lodge. So if you're looking to do a cast and blast, that type of trip, check out Woman Lake Lodge for your fall lodging needs. Well, as we move... I got to cover a couple things real quick. It's like a blanket? Yeah. Kent Anderson, he is a partial owner of Warrior Boats, fishes the NWT, like the biggest tournament circuit, Uh does all that giant water in what? What's he fish out of, you know? Warrior 2090. Yeah. Can't believe it, honestly. He's on some, like, nasty big water, (laughs) and he does it all in a 2090. Won the NWT on... Lake Oahe. Wow. Yep. And his brother got second place. Wow. So the Anderson brothers got one and two in a huge tournament uh, 
on a body of water that's pretty pretty challenging to fish. Great story. Super impressive. Yep. I do feel like the warrior guys obviously were biased, but uh, they do a great job um, creating, like, a community around their boats. Like, if, if you're a warrior boat owner or not, Kent Anderson, one of the owners... On some of the Facebook groups, if you have, there's a group called Warrior Boat Owners. If you have a question about a boat, the first guy who's going to respond to you is their owner. He's going to no kidding, yep, and he knows everything about every problem. Like it's really funny to watch. Like guys say, like, "Hey, I've got a 1993 V191, and uh, the transom seems a little goofy. I'm just wondering if I got loose bolts or if there's a problem." First guy will be like Kent Anderson, and he'll have like the answer to the question. Um, <laughs> So they've, like, built a nice community around their boats. And a uh, big win, dude. That is a huge Real win. big win. We were talking about the pros we'd want to fish with if you, like, you had the Groundhog Day mm-hmm. where you, I think maybe Kent Anderson is mine, man. Fishing out of a 2090. Doesn't sound bad at all. No. Sounds like home, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. That's all. I think that's the only thing I had to cover. Well... Not to toot my own horn or anything. Oh, I got to toot your own horn. I'm sorry. We were supposed to do this earlier. So the Star Tribune did a whole series of best of Minnesota, right? So you got the best ice cream shop in Minnesota. You got the best pickle store in Minnesota. (laughs) All of the best of. And uh, somebody nominated Will Neuer as the best fishing guide in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And last Sunday, Star Tribune decided that Will Neuer is the best fishing guide in Minnesota. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Pretty cool it's stuff. really awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, I think there was eight, eight different guides or guide groups that were part of this voting process. Yep. And uh, somehow I, I won. Yeah. Which is pretty, pretty outstanding. For sure. And I think it's just like a good testament to that you've got like, a lot of people who think you do a real nice job. I voted for you four times. Oh, my gosh. Four times. Thank you, Dan. I think Lee Clancy voted for you a couple hundred times. <laughs> yeah. He's well, big, thank you, Lee Clancy. Fan. And I think it's well-deserved, dude. Now, I won't say that you're the guy who catches the most fish every day, but if I had to hire a guide to take me fishing and have a good time, you would be number one for sure. And I'm not just saying this because we're podcast partners. I'm not just saying this because you're supposed to get all my buckets when I die. <laughs> I really do think that you provide, uh, like, a good time. You catch a bunch of fish, and then, like, all of the fringe stuff that maybe you don't think about when you're trying to book a fishing guide. Like, well, you have, you have, you make sure people have a lot of fun and uh, learn, learn quite a bit while you're out there. And I that's have, what a fishing guide does. I do have some does. terrific jokes. You have great jokes. I heard you <laughs> tell your customers today that the the voting was based purely on looks. <laughs> uh, which well, how how are you supposed to vote for Lake of the Woods tourism <laughs> if you don't? Know if it's purely look like. by looks, you just can't do it. <laughs> no, I'm I'm very happy for you. I think it's well deserved. If you, you haven't, if we got two and a half good months of fishing. If you want to go fishing with the best fishing guide in Minnesota, you better get on the phone. Because, uh, pretty it's ringing off the hook. Yeah, you're a popular guy now. <sighs> How's your wife feel about it? She's pretty impressed. Yeah. She's like, not only do I have the most handsome fisherman, um, 
you know, in the area, Ival's got one of the best guides now as mm-hmm. a husband. So she really got the, she got the double win there. Yeah, for sure. Good job, Carissa. Yep, you married, really married up, Married honey. up. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad she don't listen yeah, to me. Yeah, me too. I'm very Beat thankful our wives don't listen to our podcast. Uh, All right, uh, what's happening this week? What do you think people should be doing? Uh, I've got a ton of walleye trips this week. Um, starting Friday, I'm doing nothing but walleye fish for six days. And I'm going to have creek chubs, I'm going to have red tails, and I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to have night crawlers. And I assume that most of my trips is, are going to be dominated by the minnows, but night crawlers are a great safety net to have because, you know, sometimes they just want a chunk of crawler. Yep. So make sure you have them, and, you know, especially if you find them in eight, nine foot of water, you sure hate to throw a creek chub on a jig. You hate it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And they'll eat a, if they're in eight feet of water and they're eating, they're going to eat a nightcrawler just as well as they'll eat anything else. So. Yep. There's actually like a weird window here where like last part of July, early August, uh, the big minnows are going to be better, and night and nightcrawlers might catch a couple. But then like the nightcrawlers are going to actually start catching up for a while. Yep. Until we the, get to the end of August. Yep. End of August, then then you'll probably be heavier on minnows and probably fishing more rainbows or leatherbacks. Or, you know, like right. Um, a hardy minnow. But the the crawlers are going to only pick up from here. Right. Which is, is maybe not how people think of it. Like, maybe people think, like, minnows start and then only build towards fall, but the crawlers are going to play a pretty big role for a while here. Yep. Yep. And that's fine. I like catching them on crawlers. Oh, for sure. Easy. Good bites. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like when they nice hit them, fish. they hit them. Yep. And you'll catch big ones on, uh-huh. on a night crawler. Even if it's a two-inch chunk. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to probably focus a lot of time on rigging. I'm not going to do as many spinners. So it all depends on where I can see them. Sure. But if they're deep, I'm going to have to pull rigs on them. So how about you, Dan? Um, shift and focus as much as I can towards... I'll, I'll probably be doing a lot of, like, half-and-half half trips. And then, like, the shift of how the time works out is going to work t- more towards walleyes as the water cools off and... Um, but yeah, I, I would imagine myself doing the same thing, rigging chubs quite a bit. Um, jig wraps will be out a fair amount and that's about all I got planned. Sounds like a good plan. Could Sounds be, like a could, good week. Could be a great week. Could be like the week we just had. Could be just a, just a decent Catching week. a few. Yep. Yep. Hoping for greatness. Always hoping for greatness. But anyway, that's about it. That's all I got. Me too. Congrats again, buddy. Yeah, thank you, Dan. We'll take your picture. I'll have you take a picture with the plaque they gave you, and we'll make that the... They don't give you a plaque. They don't give you, you a plaque. You have to purchase a plaque. Oh. And I'll be damned if I purchase a $75 <laughs> plaque. <laughs> I'll, I'll write out a... a we'll just just like your art, your porta doc artwork? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, good luck fishing, folks. Thanks. See you next week.